You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 1355. Really just trusting that whatever you do, you're always going to look out for your own interests and that's what's going to keep you pushing forward. You don't need to have all the steps, but if you know step one, do step one, you do step one, all of a sudden step two becomes clear, step two becomes clear, etc. So just a mixture of figure out what you need to do by talking to people that are doing it, even paying people to do it or paying people for lessons. You know, you can do that. That's okay. But eventually you're going to learn what you need to do and then you just got to do it. And don't be scared about what if this, what if that, what if that, because unexpected things are going to happen. And just having the confidence that you can react and figure something out is just going to get you through it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I'm your host today, Brent Bowers, and today I've got Sam on the podcast. He is my acquisition manager. He's also my disposition manager for my land business, and I just want to tell you a little story about how I met Sam. I went out to the Colorado Springs uh, Real Estate Investor Association that I actually started back in uh, about 2018 timeframe with my real estate broker, Colin Smith, and that's real estate meetup is still happening today. Dan Habercost, one of my amazing Land Sharks community members, as well as Colin Smith, are still running it. They do it the first Tuesday of every month at uh, Jarhead Coffee in Colorado Springs at 6.30 p.m. But anyhow, they had me out there to come back and speak at it. It was just a pleasure. There was over 100 people there. And I met Sam at this event. And he was like, listen, I want to get into the Land Sharks community. I just don't have the money right now. I'm buying my first house but I want to work for you for free. And I was like, oh man, that's uh, very generous. And I've had people offer that in the past, but they usually don't follow up. And Sam followed up. He followed up about a week later. And I said, listen, Sam, I don't need help right now. I've got a full-time acquisition manager. I've got all this team, but let's keep talking. So he kept continuously following up. Just a nice guy. I could tell he was a smart kid. And I said, listen, let's do this. I'm not going to let you work for free. We're going to split profit. And he came in and he immediately took the reins. He started immediately mailing landowners offer letters and then talking to landowners, talking to sellers, talking to buyers. And he has really picked up traction very, very quickly. So I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Sam. He's doing incredible things as a 24-year-old young chemical engineer, also a real estate photographer. So this guy is absolutely busy. He's a hustler but he's building passive income. He's got a rental. He's building cash flow. He's doing land deals and he's getting paid chunks of money. So guys, soak up this episode and you're going to hear Sam takes a lot of action. So let's get right into it. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Thanks, Brim. Happy to be here. Yeah, man. Well, tell Rhino Nation uh, in about 30 to 60 seconds, a little about yourself and what you're up to. Yeah, so my name is Sam. I moved to Colorado originally from Boston. I'm an engineer full-time. That's my W-2 job. But on the side, I do real estate photography. I house hack. And I've been recently getting into some wholesaling, some of the land out in Florida, Colorado, Alabama, kind of wherever I can find a deal. You know, what got you into real estate? I know you've got a very high-paying engineer job. 
I mean, and talk a little bit about that. Like, what is your yeah. what's your W two job that takes you all over the world? Like, you're like the man of mystery. Like, you're always in a different country every time I talk to you. I feel like where are you at right yeah, now? Pretty much. I'm in America. I'm in Colorado for okay. months. I'm actually home. It's chilled out a little bit, but yeah. So as far as my job goes, I'm a chemical engineer. I do industrial process safety consulting. So I just I travel to industrial sites a lot. I look at pipes, chemicals, people on the workplace, how they're doing things, and I kind of just say that's wrong. You probably shouldn't do it that way. So you don't get hurt. And I write a big report and get paid for that. So that's why I'm like either in Paris, Switzerland, Mexico, Phoenix, middle of nowhere in Nevada. I just, I bounce around a lot. But as far as real estate goes, while I was still in college, one of my friends from high school, their dad was a uh, agent. And I really don't know why I hit him up. I just messaged him one day and said, Hey, could you teach me a little bit about investing? I was just curious why real estate was so big. We, he called me two hours later. I was like, damn, I'm going to be an investor. So I just started saving up towards my first house about sophomore, junior year-ish of college. And then as soon as I got out of college, I had, I think, like 30 grand, which is just enough to buy a house here in Colorado at 5% down. So I bought the house and then started going to the weekly real estate meetups to get more in touch with other investors, other strategies, kind of be more mindful of how to make this thing work. All right. So how long have you been out of college? Uh, like a year and a quarter, I'd say. So less than a year and a half, you saved up 30 grand, you bought a house and I understand you house hacked this. Like, are you renting out the rooms to pay for it? Yeah. So I'm in the basement and then I have four bedrooms upstairs. And the way that works is they pretty much pay the mortgage, utility, taxes, insurance. And then I use the money I would have said what I would have paid renting to rehab the bottom. So I actually just finished. I got carpet installed. I made a kitchenette or wet bar by code, bathroom, everything. So it's kind of like a duplex, but not really because it's not zoned for it. But I'm happy. I live for free. So you live in the basement. You live in the basement and you have four roommate slash tenant residents above you that's Mm -hmm. paying everything. Are you netting positive cash flow in this house that you live in every single day? So when I live in it, I either make $0 or 50 bucks, something like that. But when I move out, this studio can rent for probably about 1000-ish. So I'll oh, be netting 1000 cash flow the second I move out. I love that, man. Uh, 2013, when I was in college, I had two roommates and I made about $100 a month to live there. And it was the most incredible thing ever. I sold that house later on, many years later, and made a small little fortune and actually bought me and my wife's first house with that. Uh, So that was really cool. I love house hacking. That gave me my start in real estate. It really helped launch things. So you've done a lot in the last very short amount of time frame. I love that you're representing the uh, Land Sharks hat uh, for anybody (laughs) that's listening to this going down the road. Sam's got the Land Sharks hat on. Well, let's talk a little bit about you were going to the real estate meetup, learning real estate. What's things looking like in, in your land investing career? Yeah, man. So very fortunately, you decided to come to Colorado and speak. And that's how I got under learned about land. So as I'm sure as you remember, I handed you with a bunch of questions. And ultimately, that led to you kind of mentoring me and helping me figure out how to do this stuff, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's been, I don't know, I probably met you around January, it's November of this year. So it's been about 10 ish months of me doing it. And so far, I've got a couple of deals under my belt. I have two more that are on the way under contract trying to get it assigned. So 
that's kind of what's going on and made some profit, which is good to hear in the first year. It just being consistent is kind of how I've been steadily growing. Yeah, man, I love it. And I love how you ask questions because you actually come up with solutions in the question. You're like, well, should I do this, that, or the other? And usually it's just, you've already figured out the answer. So I love that, that you do that. I can tell you've analyzed it, you know, looked at it with your engineer eyes and just looking for a second opinion. And most of the time, and I'm speaking to Rhino Nation here is we usually have the right answer. It's a lot of times we're just looking for the permission and the confidence to move forward on what we think is right. Real estate, there's nothing complicated about this. You know, it's not like becoming a chemical engineer. It's way easier to do real estate investing. And for anybody that hasn't done a deal yet, they're probably like, Brent, easy for you to say. You've done all these land deals. Sam's done all these land deals, but I haven't done my first one or I haven't done my first real estate deal. It's just as a matter of just going out there and getting the deal done. You mentioned industrial building. I just bought my first industrial building yesterday. And I think it's, yeah, thanks. I think it's going to cash flow. But if it doesn't, I will learn a lesson and it won't happen again. You know, like smart people learn from other, I say smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from other people's mistakes. So maybe I'm just a smart person, not a wise person, but I'm pretty sure it's going to cash flow. And if it doesn't, I see real estate being very forgiving you know, especially land deals. Let's talk about one of your your most favorite land deals that you've done so far. Yeah, I mean, really, I would say it's one we partnered on to Barry, Florida. So yeah, we worked together on that one. I think you actually sent me the lead while I was driving cross country to go uh, see my girlfriend graduate. So that was kind of something to keep me busy for 30 hours, which is really nice. Um, Thinking about that land deal, the lead? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Better than thinking about the road. Yeah. So you sent it over to me and pretty much, I believe a wholesaler got it under contract at really, really low, super below market, which for anybody listening, if you really want to make it easy on yourself, get it very low below contract and then sell it pretty decently below market value. That will expedite it. Those are powerful, powerful words that you just said there. Repeat that, please, because that is the like secret sauce with this business. <laughs> yeah. And it's not easy to do it, but once you do it up front, the rest of the process is like cake. So let's just say you you're looking at a land, you mailed a letter to, or you cold call the owner and it's worth fifty grand on the market. If you can get it at twenty grand, twenty two, seventeen five, something like that, fifty percent or less below market. Now what you can do is list it for 40000 35000 You have a pretty decent spread. And by the time you cover the closing, if you have to cover the closing with the end buyer, by the time you cover any photography fees, realtor fees, any of that, you're still walking away with a good few thousand dollars. And you're able to find the end user, end buyer, whatever you want to call it, within that 30-day time frame, 60-day time frame, whatever time frame that you tentatively agree on with the uh, original owner. Why would you get a 60-day inspection period or 60-day time period? What's the point of that? So the point of that, typically, at least the way we've done it, is we try not to have any deadline or inspection period that ends at a certain date. It's kind of open in the air. So that protects us so we can back out and cancel at any point we want to. But I've found that a lot of people, especially more recently, maybe it's the economy, maybe it's just the market that we're working in, People really want that 30-day, 60-day time frame. Like, I want my money by this time. And so 
in that time frame, if you lock it in too high and you try and list it at market, especially now when the real estate market's really slow, you're going to have trouble finding a buyer within that 30 to 60 day in most markets. And that's okay if you don't have an inspection period that the current owner wanted to lock you in on. So if you're open in the air and you can hold the contract for 100 days, whatever, that's great. But I'm more recently I've been finding a lot of owners want to hold the contract at um, 30 to 60 days. I prefer 60 because 30 days is way too short. But yeah, and I that's agree how it with you. I see a lot. I mean, these sellers want certainty. They want to know by Christmas Day or December 15th or whatever, I will have the money for this land, even though I'm taking a discount. And that's actually one thing I want to talk about is why do people give such large discounts on land? Why do you feel like that is, Sam? Man, that's a trick because the answer isn't the same. It depends. I mean, so some people, they tend to be elder and unfortunately their time is coming to an end and they just want to liquidate it. For whatever reason, they don't want to pass it down to their family. I try not to ask this. Like, for example, we have a deal in Lake Placid, Florida, where the woman just doesn't want to pass it down to her family for whatever reason. So people are just in those situations where they'd rather get cash for their land instead of give it to their kids or spouses. Other times, they realize that they paid way too much for it. They don't want it because it's just not in a good area. They thought it was something that it actually wasn't. So for example, in Alabama, I just got off the phone with a potential seller. He bought plot of land for 40 grand with all these promises made to him by the HOA. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. The HOA flaked on him. And now it's kind of like this plot of land that hard to sell, but when it sells, it's decent money. But he verbatim told me, I'm willing to take a loss on this land and have a different plot of land. And under contract that the guy was like, I'm willing to take a loss on that as well. I am willing to take a loss on this land. We have a lot of house buyers, a lot of house investors that listen to this show, Rhino Nation Wholesaling Inc. podcast. And you don't hear that very often on a house. Yeah, it's but, true. But land, it's just like, would you say they're just not as emotional about it? Or it's just a kind of a black and white numbers thing? It must be they're not as emotional. I mean, vacant land, you don't really, most of these people I've worked with don't visit the land. They come like once or twice and they say, oh, we'll build a house. It'll be great. And then life catches up to them for whatever reason. And they just, they lose interest in it. Honestly, I'm not sure. Everybody's so different when it comes to wanting to take a loss, but I would agree. Houses, people rarely ever want to take a loss on, but land is one of those things where you have a higher chance of finding somebody ready to take a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. It's just like an untapped opportunity and just going and taking the opportunity. You do this a lot. You run our mail, you send out the offers. We send out what's called the LOL, the land offer letter. And this is a specific offer on a piece of land. And Rhino Nation, we triple split test this land offer letter. If you want a copy of this, just go to the landsharks.com forward slash LOL as a land offer letter. And you can download a copy of that. It'll ask you for your name, email, and phone number. And then it will email you a copy. Check your spam folder. Uh, We've had problems with that in the past, just going to spam. But you start sending that out to landowners right away. And Sam, you have like just done an incredible job of sending these out and being consistent about it. And that's the name of the game. I think we got like, what, four faxes in October and probably four in September. And you came up with a, a really good idea. Do you remember what it, what it was about your phone number? Oh, man. Yeah, that was a pain. So for context, guys, 
I'm a consultant when it comes to engineering. So I'm always on client calls, always picking up random calls. So at first, when I was sending out these land offer letters, my phone number was on there, which side note, get a voice IP with Google Voice. Don't use your personal cell. It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> You'll get some crazy texts. So anyway, I'd be on a client call and all of a sudden I see the Google Voice app ringing and I'm like, oh, that's land, but I have this client. I can't drop the client. I missed yeah. the call and I call him back. It gets to be too much. So what I did is, you know, I spoke with Brian and really you were also part of this great idea to just cut the phone number, leave your email, leave the fax, leave the mailing address, the return address. People, if they're still interested, they're going to reach out to you. The cell phone makes it easier for them. Yeah. But if somebody's motivated, they will reach out via email. So what I get is while I'm on a client call, I get an email, which is way better because they're not expecting an immediate response. And I can just respond to them as soon as I can get to it. And nine, more often than not, I find myself back-to-back client calls from 9 to 5 and then 5 p.m. onward when everybody leaves me alone at work. If I can just get to land, email them, and then after that, I can find a time to call with them, fit them in as if they were one of my own clients. That's incredible. Because I guess technically they are. And what I saw with that, by taking that number away, taking that little easy convenience away for a seller to be able to call you and say, uh, whatever they want to say, uh, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. I heard you say you get crazy text messages, but you kind of give them almost a barrier of entry type thing. They've got to sign that thing and send it back via email, return it via United States postal service or fax it. And I saw an uptick in that after you took your phone number off. So which, and that's the name of this game. I'm in this business to have a a lifestyle business, not a bunch of phone calls or more phone calls. I mean, you're a busy guy. You've got your other real estate investments. You've got a girlfriend driving across the country to see. You've got a very demanding job that's taking you all over the world. How many hours a day would you tell someone that they need to be able to focus on their land business or their real estate business to become successful or to start getting results in it? Yeah, I mean, now that I've got into the groove of land and how it works, I probably spend maybe like three or four hours in a week, honestly. Love that. It's not that much compared to all the other stuff I do. And with my house hack, I probably spent upfront 20 hours a week for the first month. And then in the first month was January. And then ever since then, I've spent like, man, I don't even think I spent an hour a week on the house hack. Because once you get it going, it just, it runs itself. So yeah, four hours a week on land an hour a week on the house hack. It's just the upfront work. If you can get through the upfront work, kind of get a groove in and be consistent, even when things don't go right, still we'll just believe in the process. Things don't happen overnight. There's no overnight solution to anything. I love and, that. And uh, keep going. Yeah, even when things don't go right. I have a funny little story. We took back a couple parcels of land in uh, Pagosa Springs. And what's really cool about it is we made money already, but we took back because the buyers were not paying for their uh, loan payments for the land we sold in Pagosa Springs. It's just two small lots. Well, what's really cool is they appreciate in the last couple of years. I've owned them for several years now. Well, now we can sell them for around 32000 a piece. Well, we listed them and got an offer really quickly, but it was a low ball offer. So we countered back and guess what? Worst timing ever. 20 parcels of land came on market that were just listed the day we got that lowball offer. So the buyer said, hey, there's 20 more available now. I'm going to check into those, see if they're they're willing to sell at a cheaper price because they've got 20. They've got a huge supply. So they'll probably let it go. Well, my realtor got right on it. And 
He's got an offer already. So we're buying those 20 lots in Pagosa Springs. We're going to control the market. And I hope we get them under contract before this other buyer goes and gets a hold of them. But uh, sometimes you just got to make lemons out of lemonade and just be ready to shift and pivot, just like you do all the time, Sam. Yeah, that's critical, just being able to react to your situation. There's always a solution to a problem. There's never no solution to any problem, even if the solution isn't that great. As long as you keep finding solutions, it'll just make progress. That's what I love about land. There's like no rules. There's no specific cookie cutter way to do this. There's never any rules. You can get as creative or imagine whatever you want. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. Let's talk about the passive income that you're building yeah, up. You found the buyer for another property paying about, what, 1900 a month for that parcel in Holly Hill there. Oh, yeah, that's right. I completely... Um, so you're I doing completely so many, mind. you forgot about them. Yeah, they kind of just, it's everywhere at this point, uh, which is a good problem. It's good. Yeah, man, that was fun. So pretty much, I think you were the one that got it under contract. You took care of the acquisition and I was trying to help with the disposition. So sometimes markets are slow. So I think Holly Hills is one of those markets where it was sitting for a little bit. So we were offering owner financing to help speed that up. And for those that don't know, pretty much you as the landowner hold the note. So the way it works is they give you a down payment to cover your cost of buying the land in the first place. So we bought it for 10 and we're selling to them for 20. They give a down payment of 10,000 and they finance the rest. So it's kind of, we were advertising that 12% interest for reference right now at this podcast, more home mortgage rates are like 8%, something like that. Super high. So we're about 4% over the uh, interest rate of whatever a home loan would be. Um, and banks don't lend on land. It's really hard to get money for land. So anytime somebody throws you a uh, 12% is too high, just tell them to go to the bank instead. And they'll probably come back and tell you, okay, we'll take that 12%. Yeah, the way I kind of go about it is, yeah, we had it on the MLS, the market was slow, but there's more you can do. The MLS isn't the solution. Uh, you can go on Facebook Marketplace, Facebook Groups, Craigslist. Man, I was I made little postcards and sent them to the adjacent parcels nearby. Sometimes I cold call adjacent owners, so get the parcel info on the adjacent lots and skip trace and cold call. And ultimately, just renewing the listings always... And the way that Facebook algorithm works is the faster you respond, the more they're going to show your plot. So just anytime you see the Facebook and they say, hi, is this available? I have a pre-written response that has all the information that they're probably going to want. Copy, paste, hit send. Facebook is happy with you being quick on the responses. You have a copy and pasted response ready to go. So you don't need to waste time typing for 20 people. So just that consistent behavior. Ultimately, we got an end buyer that put a down payment to cover our costs. He's going to pay $1,900 a month for the next 30 years is what we wrote, wrote him loan for. But we also don't have any prepayment or balloon payments. So whenever he pays it off, because I believe he's going to build and refinance, then we're going to get a pretty big chunk. I don't have the number off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah that's um, like 153 sold it for 225, 153,000 sold it for 225. And you say the market was slow, but I think it only took about three and a half months to sell it, maybe four, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I know that when I got on it, it took me about a month and a half to actually find somebody for it. But yeah. it's just being consistent. I mean, yeah, there's holding costs. Yeah, you're, you're going to kind of get in your head about it and be like, oh, it's never going to work. It's just it's going to work. The only time things won't work is when you give up. Yeah, there's every piece of land will eventually sell. There's a buyer for every piece of land. I say this a lot. I once heard there's a pig for every single barn. 
It's just the land will sell. Sometimes it takes longer. Sometimes you got to go out there and put signs out. Sometimes you got to send neighbor letters like you talked about. I say do everything at one time. Why do we pay the realtor when you found the buyer? Because here's the thing. That realtor had that thing listed. It's a force multiplier. We want to get as many eyeballs as possible. I call it guerrilla marketing. Be so aggressive in your marketing. Send those neighbor letters. Who would want that land more than the neighbor? Get it on Craigslist. Put out signs. Like you're running around putting out signs for a a $1.5 million parcel of land we have for sale in Colorado Springs. Because here's the thing. Like I'm the same way. I look at these as black and white. There's no emotion to them. Let's make profit today and live to fight another day, you know? <laughs> so there's always going to be another land deal. There's always going to be another land buyer. Sam, what would you say to someone just trying to get started because you broke into this, you took the opportunity, and I'm going to talk a little bit more. I actually, I talked about this in the intro uh, about what you did to get started. But uh, what would you say to someone just trying to get started in real estate? It's a twofold answer. First thing, if you know somebody that's doing it right now to any level of success or even failure, talk to them. Just take them out to lunch, take them out to coffee or just call them and talk to them for an hour, understand how they did it and you're going to learn something. And then the second thing is once you start talking to people, you're going to get to a point where you just know what you need to do and you just have to do it. So I find a lot of people get stuck on, yeah, I got, I can do this, 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 and this. They have all these steps laid out, but then they don't do anything. So and part of that is because it's scary. It's re- like buying my first house at 23, How coming from... How old are you now? I'm 24 now. So 24, I love long. it. Yeah, but like I came from nothing. Like I never thought at 21, 22, I was like, oh, I'm never going to buy a house. And I'm never going to get to this point in life where I'm running my own business. I never thought that. And then all of a sudden I'm doing it. It's really scary. So really just trusting that whatever you do, you're always going to look out for your own interests. And that's what's going to keep you pushing forward. You don't need to have all the steps. But if you know, step one, do step one, you do step one, all of a sudden, step two becomes clear, step two becomes clear, etc. So just a mixture of figure out what you need to do by talking to people that are doing it, even paying people to do it or paying people for lessons, you know, you can do that, that's okay. But eventually, you're going to learn what you need to do. And then you just got to do it. And don't be scared about what if this, what if that, what if that, because unexpected things are going to happen. And just having the confidence that you can react and figure something out is just going to get you through it. I love it, man. Well, congratulations on all your success in one year and a quarter. So that's <laughs> one year, three months from the time you graduated college. You have a house in Colorado Springs, very expensive place yep. to buy a house with three tenants. So you're also a landlord. Uh, you're getting four tenants. Okay. Thank yeah, you for correcting me. Four tenants. Four tenants. Yeah. Wow. So I love it, man. So you're also a landlord, you have a rental, you have income, you're getting paid to live there. Plus you have passive income from land. You're making chunks of money from the parcels of land that you're selling and we're working together on. I'm excited to see where you're going to be at in another year and a quarter, but Rhino Nation. Yeah, man, this is exciting. And I love being on this journey with you. Rhino Nation, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I want you to go right now to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. Schedule a call, fill out that application, and let's change your life today. Let's get you on the track to getting in one of the easiest ways to get started in real estate, the lowest barrier of entry, which I call land investing. And you can absolutely make a fortune doing it. Quit that day job or just have an additional five, six, seven hundred dollars a month consistently coming in in a very short amount of time. So God bless Rhino Nation. We'll see you in the next one. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.